Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated hand-cooked Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Welcome in. Doug Gottlieb Show, live and direct from the City of Angels. The, um, what's he got? June gloom. It's May gray, starting to burn off, which means sunny in 75. I didn't even check the weather today, and I know it's sunny in 75. Why? Because it's Los Angeles. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We're continuing to just wait and wait and wait on the NBA Finals. I may tell you of a, a special trip that I had planned with my buddy Colin Cowherd, to which I got shot down for. I set everything up, and I think I got shot down for. Chris Broussard will join us upcoming in uh, 20 minutes. I want to talk with him about the pressure of the NBA Finals and how I kind of think we are looking at the wrong targets of that pressure. Like, we're looking at LeBron, we're looking at Kevin Durant. I... I I'm not saying that there's not pressure and a burden on both of those players in terms of their legacy, but there's another one who we haven't mentioned much of, and I think he's carrying a burden. I think this is a huge finals for his ultimate legacy and for how we view him in all of his greatness. 
All right, we got that. I want to talk about some baseball, how yesterday was the biggest and best day for Major League Baseball and has nothing to do with any of the the hits, the pitches, or even, unfortunately, the injury to Mike Trout. Get to that upcoming. Drew Brees will join us from the New Orleans Saints. We'll ask him how much he thinks AD has in the tank. And Reggie Bush, former teammate of Drew Bush, uh, Drew Brees, will join us later on in the show. A lot to get to. Tiger Blue A, Blue Tarski. God, that's a dated reference, right? Like, Ryan Music's like 15 years old. He has no idea what a Blue Tarski is. Blue Tarski is Bluto was uh, Belushi's character in Animal House. And uh, Dean Wormer comes in at the end, and he says, you know, you have a 0.0 GPA. So forever, that's known as Blutarski. Blutarski. He's like the comedic character. Anyway, go watch Animal House. It is a classic. Uh, doesn't all stand up the test of time? I've seen it, but I just don't know it word for word like that. You should know Blutarski is something. There's it's there's a reason that you should watch some of these classic movies and the Blutarski reference, much like the reason that when you're in junior high school and high school, you read classic books. Like you read Canterbury Tales, not because you take a ton from it, but if there's a reference to Canterbury Tales, it's like, oh, or, or Lord of the uh, Flies, right? You know about fighting for the conch. You need to know some of these historical references, movies, literature, otherwise, so that you can, when people use them, you're not sitting there nodding your head thinking, I have no idea what he's talking about. Or I could just tell you I have no idea what you're talking about. It's fair. It's always fair. That's that's honesty, but not a lot of people are as honest as you. So Tiger Woods blows the Blutarski. In other words, what he stated yesterday is, in fact, true. Tiger Woods got pulled over for driving under the influence because, as in the police report today, passed out behind the wheel of his car, car running, which to me is super, super scary. I've been hit by a drunk driver guy, blew a .24, and he was sort of alert. But the idea that you could be asleep behind the wheel of really a loaded weapon just shows how lucky we are that Tiger's with us and that he didn't kill anybody else in the process. And I think there's a side discussion here to be had. Like, I've never been on prescription pain medication. I just haven't. I've never taken a Vicodin, never taken Oxy, never taken any of that stuff. Been really fortunate. Like, the only surgery, had two sur- surgeries in my life, and like one was like oral surgery. The other one's like totally non-invasive. So I can't tell you that I would not be addicted to painkillers, but I do know that painkillers, when you become addicted to them, or if you take them in the wrong combination, are way stronger than, for example, marijuana. But like, that's... It is dangerous stuff to be taking and getting behind the wheel of a car. And then a lot of guys take them and then you, you know, you drink something to go with it to shoot it down. And yet yeah, knocks away the pain, but then you can completely loopy. So there is a, a portion of this discussion, which maybe, and I don't know if he's abusing them. I don't know if it's just the pain or if he's as prescribed using the medication because he's had these four back surgeries. I, I don't know. What I do know is that Tiger Woods' personal life has become a part of his public persona. And I, I discussed this earlier on with Colin Cowherd. And however you feel about, about Tiger, I feel sad for him. I do. I feel sad for him because his legacy is forever tarnished. What he did so far on the golf course, and I hope it's not the end of Tiger on the golf course, what he's done on the golf course is as good as anything we've ever seen. Like they changed golf courses. They tigerized golf courses. This is, it's like we talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is so good, they didn't allow dunking in college. They didn't allow dunking in college because he was so dominant. They changed golf courses because they were trying to keep up with not just the new equipment, but also with the new player in Tiger Woods. They tried to make it harder because he made it look so easy. If you polled players that are 30 or under on the tour and asked them, hey, why'd you stick with golf instead of another country club sport? They would all say, Elder Tiger Woods. So he went from the preeminent, not just golfer in the world, but quite possibly athlete in the world, like post-Michael Jordan athlete. He's right. He was right up there with all of the greats. He was must-see TV on a Sunday. Right? Things you could count on on a Sunday was if Tiger had the lead, he was coming through in the end of a major, and the sun was setting, you know, rise in the east, set in the west. Just want to make sure I didn't want to screw that one up, right? But, but I, I think what's, what's fascinating about Tiger is that he's lived through two different eras. People always talk about, you know, Babe Ruth used to be on the train with reporters, drinking, womanizing, nobody said anything. And that stretched all the way to the Michael Jordan era. Hell, uh, Charles Barkley. You know, Charles Barkley, yes, he got arrested for throwing a guy through a plate glass window. We even laugh about it now. He got pulled over for DUIs during post-career as well. Michael Jordan famously was a womanizer, would would go the day of a game and play 36 holes of golf. Now, part of it was he always produced, but part of it was it was a different era to where what you did off the court, off the field, off the course, we don't really care about. Or we just turned a blind eye to. We're like, eh, kind of heard rumors about it. We didn't really know, didn't really care. Tiger lived in, started in that generation, and now is in the generation of we really super care. Like, I... Do, do I think the Perkins waitress is the worst notch on the belt? Probably. I don't know anything about the woman. Just the idea of some of the things you read, like, a lot, bud. A lot of work, a lot of effort there. But the idea that I know about that, I, I guess I'm supposed to care. I wasn't married to Tiger, so he didn't violate my trust. I didn't care. But many of you feel like he violated your trust. He's a different person. And this has been a the most precipitous fall we've ever seen in sports, in my opinion. O.J. Simpson had, he was at the top of the football heap. He had the Hertz commercials. He was on TV. And yes, now he's in jail. And we all believe that he murdered uh, Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson. That said, there was so much space in between when he was a superstar and the downfall, as opposed to Tiger Woods from 08. And he has played good golf since 08. He did win a, he won more tournaments than anybody on tour a couple years ago. But between the stories of his womanizing, the end of his marriage, the death of his father, the surgery to his knee, his Achilles tendon, four surgeries to his back, multiple swing changes, the coaching changes, pulling out of tournaments, and then, of course, culminating in the mugshot. When you saw that mugshot, even when you read Tiger Woods' statement, hey, I wasn't drinking, this was prescription pain meds, Here's all you need to know about the level of trust you have in Tiger Woods. Did you believe him? Up until the police report came out today, did you believe him? And the answer is most likely no. You didn't. B- because you're you're trained to not trust Tiger because you know about Tiger's background and what he did when he was married. Right? Or even what he did when he was when he was in a relationship with Lindsey Vaughn. And so th- there's a there's a parallel there to like a Carmelo Anthony. I was watching this video uh, on Twitter of Carmelo Anthony putting in work, working out on his game. And you know what he's working on? 
post up, post up shots, mid range game. He's got the best mid range game. He is the best post up wing players three four in the NBA in the last twenty years. He's that good. He's got dude's got all kinds of game. Can score at what's called three levels from three mid range in the post or at the rim. But like Carmelo Anthony has played through two different eras and like Tiger Woods has struggled to adjust to the new era. Nobody posts up anymore in the NBA. Why? It's not really an efficient shot. (laughs) We want you to shoot threes, drive and kick or drive and get all the way to the tin. Don't get me wrong. It's still effective to every once in a while post up. But when that's the focus of your game, like dude, Carmelo, at this point in your career, you should be working on all pick and pop. Or, or driving off a ball screen. That's what offensive basketball is. Maybe you say, well, he wants to play within the triangle, and this is within the triangle. And that's one of the things that's affected Phil Jackson in the triangle offense. I'm fascinated by people who fail to evolve in the times and get caught up in a foregone era. And I think that's our problem with Tiger Woods. And maybe Tiger Woods' problem. And it's likely unfair to Tiger Woods because he was trained in an era in which we didn't care. Nobody cared. We care what Jordan did. Like, we didn't really care. Obviously, Jeter has been able to kind of master this thing up until the time he was married. Nobody said a bad word about him. Like, the worst thing we ever said about Derek Jeter was he left a really nice gift bag for chicks that left his house. Like, if that's the worst thing you can say about a guy, like, that's not actually bad. Setting the bar a little high for the rest of us, though, Jeets. Bar a little high. So Tiger is was not boozing, was using prescription pain meds. We don't know if he's an addict. But the lack of trust that we have in him can be summed up quite simply in when he said when you found out yesterday that Tiger Woods said or tweeted out that he was not drinking, did you believe him? And the most likely answer, I would guess, from 75, 80, maybe even 90% of you is, hell no, I didn't believe him. Got pulled up for DUI, must have been drunk. No, it was, in fact, prescription pain meds. Some of that is our inherent belief that everybody's gotten behind the wheel with a couple too many pops in their system. But most of it is the lack of trust we have in Tiger Woods. And we only have that lack of trust because we know about his personal life, which 20 years ago, we'd have had no idea. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at Gottlieb Show, or you can call us 877-996-6369 or 877-99-FOX. Coming up next, we're focused on LeBron. We're focused on KD. Why aren't we paying attention to how important this series is to Steph? I'll ask Chris Broussard. He joins us upcoming next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. When you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. So yesterday, um, Steve Kerr spoke with the media. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mike Brown was sick. He stayed home with the flu. It's, and it's one of those things to which we don't, there's weird parts of stories we don't really invest in. We don't really uh, pay attention to. So Kerr's quote was uh, that the great thing is we're all healthy. Only problem is our coaches are dropping like flies. 
And uh, Jaron Collins ran practice yesterday. Steve Kerr still feeling the uh, feeling the back issue as of now, non-committal, but says he's not ready to coach just yet. It just it, it's a weird kind of setup. Anyway, Mike Brown being homesick with the flu is interesting because does anybody else get sick? Right. And as much as he was feeling, he was obviously feeling sick, so he stayed away from the team. But the time in which you're most contagious is previous to where you're actually feeling the symptoms, isn't it? I'm not a doctor. I did stay at a Holiday Express once, but I just know that when you, by the time you know you're sick, it's too late to protect all the people around you. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. Like, does it, does it, did he get KD or Steph Curry? Does somebody else get the flu? Does it go through the team? Like, that's the worst, right? As much as you're like, well, it wouldn't just go through the team. Like, yeah, I actually would. If you have kids, like, this is how it works. They're like Petri dishes, right? They just bring some some home, and, like, one day they're sniffling, and the next day, like, uh, okay, they're starting to get sick. A week later, all of a sudden, you feel like death. You feel like you contracted the plague. Just, like, goes through you. But I am fascinated by this series. There's so many different issues, parts to it. Remember how ineffective Festus Azili was going back to last year? especially after Andrew Bogut went down with an injury, how effective the Golden State Warriors bench was to start the series. Sean Livingston had an incredible game one, but how ineffective it was as the series went on. Uh, can Jaja Pachulia have an Andrew Bogut-like series with some of the rebounding, toughness, illegal screens that are being set? And then there's just this, this question I have. Are we not paying enough attention to Steph Curry? Like, he's the two-time defending MVP. I understand he's not going to be the MVP this year. Last year, this time, he was the unanimous NBA MVP. Got every vote. And he had a disappointing NBA Finals. And statistically, the numbers were down this year. But a lot of that's because he's sharing the spotlight with Kevin Durant. He's been incredible in the playoffs. was incredible in the last month of the season. And yet... Because Durant's trying to get his first title, because LeBron's trying to get his fourth title, it feels like we're not paying attention to just how important this series is to him. Let's welcome in Chris Broussard from Fox Sports, just off the set over on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Chris, is it me, or are we not paying attention to how important this is to how we view Steph Curry because of how disappointing he was last year when either he wasn't healthy or they just wore him down? No, I think you make a good point. Um, I, for one, do think that Steph's performances in the finals have been a little underrated. Last year, obviously, he struggled. The year before, when he didn't get any MVP votes and it was Andre Guadalla, I mean, Steph averaged 25 points, six assists, and five rebounds. And the last three games, he averaged, which were pivotal, he averaged like 29 points on 48% shooting. So, I think people really sell him short as far as his 2015 performance in the finals. But last year, whether the injury was a factor or not, he clearly wasn't himself. So, yeah, to your point, he does have – like if he comes out and plays terrifically and is the finals MVP and leads him to a championship, then he kind of goes back to the stature he had before the finals last year when he was becoming the world's most popular player and had taken the face of the league status away from LeBron James. 
I think what's happened, though, is when I look at who the pressure is on most, mm-hmm. I do think it's clearly Kevin Durant, number one, and then LeBron James, number two, and then Steph, number three. So I think the other two players ahead of him have so much, in my opinion, more to lose that that's why we're not really focusing as much on Steph. Uh, what about Clay Thompson, who 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 carried them to a Game 6 win over Oklahoma City in a performance that should go down in NBA playoffs lore as one of kind of the great all-timers. And yet there have been times this year, good portions of time, which he struggled to kind of find his role. What, what are your thoughts on, on Clay and where he is after these kind of shortened playoff series and how he fits into his newfound role with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry taking even more of the spotlight? Yeah, he um, – I think there are several things. Number one, some of this is the nature of being a third option, and you're just not going – you're, you're kind of inconsistent by nature in that role. Kevin Love is a third option, so his performances go up and down. If you go to Zach Randolph in Memphis or, you know, look around the league, that's how it is for a third option. You don't get to deliver every night. I go back to thinking about Glenn Rice with Kobe and Shaq, and they won that championship. So that's some of it. Um, also in the playoffs, his, his shot attempts have been down. During the regular season, he actually averaged more shots than Durant. But in the playoffs, last two series, he's only been about 12 shots a game. So I think that's some of it. And, look, these games have been – most of them have been routes. And so I think that these games have kind of gotten out of hand – and then the Warriors, you know, you're not playing your typical game. You're blowing the team out. So I think that may have something to do with it. And he's a streaky player in general. Even when he's got it going, he's liable to, as we've seen, go for 60 or have a 30-point quarter. And then he has games where he only has 11 or 15 on poor shooting. So I think he's generally kind of a streaky shooter. But I do think they're going to need something out of him uh, a lot better play in this series. Think about this, and this is one reason I'm favoring the Warriors. In the past two years, the Cavs have had to focus on shutting down Steph Curry. And if they did that, all they had to really worry about was Klay Thompson. Now, Draymond could have a big game here or there, but for the most part, Clay was the only other guy that could light you up if Steph wasn't doing it. Now you've got Durant to worry about, and then still Clay. So that's one reason I think the Warriors have an advantage in this series. I, I don't disagree at all in terms of the ability to, to not just get buckets, but create shots as well. Uh, they just have more weaponry. And then kind of, look, the other side to it is all, all basketball games at the highest of levels kind of come down to, can you get a stop? Can you get a rebound? How tough are you, right? And yeah. And I think that would be a concern I would have for the Warriors. I, I do understand, like, Draymond's toughness has never been questioned. I think Zsa's tough. Uh, but it, it, we saw that game one against the Spurs, and the Spurs, until Kawhi got hurt, they were playing volleyball with offensive rebounds. And the numbers yeah, would tell I agree. I, I think generally the Warriors are, a, I call them a finesse team. And you mentioned Zaza, uh, David West, but he's older, doesn't play as much, um, and Draymond. But clearly, Cleveland has 
had a physical advantage the last two years, and that's going to be a big part of what they do now. The thing is, I don't think Cleveland's quite as tough as it used to be. Yep. No, no Delvadova. No Delvadova. Yep. That's yep. a big thing right there. It is, because Kyrie's not going to be hounding Steph. I know he plays a little better against Steph, and he gets into him defensively probably like he does in any other player because he gets up for that matchup, but he's still not going to – He's going to be saving some of it for offense, and he's not going to do what Della Vadova did. And neither is Darren Williams. So that, it's going to, you know, Della Vadova's been a big part of why Steph has struggled uh, against Cleveland in the two finals, or at least in people's eyes. And so with him being gone, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big factor as well. How big a factor do you think it is that, as of now, Mike Brown's going to coach? Man, look, and I, I have the utmost respect for Steve Kerr. I give him credit for. Remember, and, and I, I there's a butt. There's a butt were, coming. By the way, I just want you to know there's a butt coming. I'll allow you to go go through <laughs> how much respect for you have for him. There's a butt well, coming. But go ahead. I was gonna say you you were. I'm sure you were in the same camp as me. I don't know what was it three four years ago when the Warriors. You know they were a 51 52 win team, and Steve Kerr took over for Mark Jackson, and I just felt like this team can only go so far. I mean, they've, they've got pieces everywhere, and they're good, but they're a second-round, maybe conference finals and out. And Steve Kerr put in an offensive system that took them to another level that I don't think any of us foresaw. So I give him credit for that. But let's face it. I mean, they've had three coaches now, and they've basically played at the same level with all of them, Luke Walton, Steve Kerr, Mike Brown. Mike Brown takes over in the middle of a series against Portland, and they don't miss a beat. And so, and I also think it helps that Steve is there at practices, in meetings, in film sessions, in the locker room at halftime during games. And so his voice is still being heard. So I even think if, you know, I, in, in most situations, it's, you would say, look, if he can't coach game one, he can't coach the rest of the series. But I do think in this situation, if he could come in for game three onward, they would, it wouldn't be an issue at all because he's still – his voice is being heard. And these veterans, they're like a machine. They know what they need to do. I think if there was going to be a problem with Mike Brown, it would have happened already because he did at least have a challenge that Luke Walton didn't have, which was, you know, I've got KD here now. And kind of, you know, making sure that KD and Steph are both clicking and, and getting their getting their their shots and, and their chemistry together. So I think he's done a great job, and I really don't think it's going to be a factor. Hmm. Uh, your your pick? Have you have you announced what your pick is going to be? Yeah. I, and, and look, I, I, and I, I, I want to preface this by saying, like, I'm not one of these. And I saw that you know people are trolling Stephen A. because he missed the last seven. Uh, you know, so like seven, like like, LeBron seven straight. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, seven straight. He's missed, but, uh, which is a, that's a skill. That's there's a gift to that. But like, I also like, look, series change. Like, like you could pick the Cavs two years ago and not knowing, um, they didn't have love going in, but they lost Kyrie and they're playing great. Kyrie was playing great when he got hurt. So it's a lot, lot kind of to it, but like your best guess as of now would be what? Yeah, I'm thinking Warriors in six, um, which I guess six always feels like the safe pick, right? But uh, I'm thinking Warriors in six. But, look, 
I there is a big part of me that thinks the Cavs have a great shot just because LeBron and Kyrie have been playing at such a high level. But for some of the reasons I mentioned before, I, I think the Warriors uh, do it in six. That would mean doing it in Cleveland. And Cleveland's, you know, the one game they lost was, was at home, obviously, against Boston. So they can be beat there. Yeah, it, it is weird. What they, are you thinking? Uh, the only thing about six is six is in Cleveland, which would be apropos mm-hmm. for the Warriors to win on Cleveland's home court after having lost game seven on their home court. I yep. don't know. I kind of feel like this thing's going to go seven, right? They're like, isn't it written? And I and I think the Cavs, I think the, the Warriors win this year. I think they make the shots mm-hmm. that they missed. But I, I, I'm... I'm I'm equally torn. I I do think there's a certain toughness, a certain swagger, a certain calmness about LeBron. On the other hand, uh, the loss to Boston where he disappeared gives me a little bit of the creeps. And then, and then, and then I do think that the Warriors there's a game or two to which they just make all their shots, and it doesn't really matter what else Cleveland does. And so there there can be a little bit if that happens early in the series it could be over a lot quicker than we all thought just because there is a ton of weaponry and there's probably a game to which two or three of those stars make a bunch of their shots, and that's really hard for any team in the NBA to contend with. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like if if Durant and Curry don't shrink, I, I, I think they win. I mean, if they play their normal game, I, I think it's just going to be tough to guard them and Cleveland, we know they weren't good defensively in the regular season. Obviously, they were coasting. In the playoffs, they've been much better. But a lot of that strategy that's helped them in the playoffs defensively, you know, has been trapping, double teaming, and, and basically giving teams open looks. Yeah, that does that not, they does just not have work. Missed. That does not work exactly. against this team. Yeah. You can't – I don't even think they'll try to do all that blitzing and trapping. It's just it's – just, it's a death wish against them. So then you got to guard them straight up, which maybe that that takes them back to playing more like they did in the regular season defensively. So we'll see, but I think they're gonna have a hard time guarding them. You going up there, or are you watching the games here? I'll be in Cleveland. Um, you know, we're doing undisputed from Oakland for the first two games, and then Cleveland for games three and four. So I'll be in Cleveland for, for games three and four, um, and but not Oakland one and two. I'll be in L.A. until then. All right, great stuff, Brew. We'll uh, maybe we'll try and get together, watch one of the games together. In the meantime, appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. All right, my man, sounds good. You can hear Chris Broussard weekends on Fox Sports Radio as well. Yesterday was an incredible day for baseball. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio rolls on. It's really hard to talk baseball sometimes. Like, look, Mike Trout's out six to eight weeks. He was having arguably his best season, arguably his best season as a as a major league player. And on a frankly crummy Angels team, right? Very average Angels team. But you can't talk Mike Trout. I can't go like, well, let me let me tell you about how awesome Mike Trout is. You can't do it on National Sports Trade. I've been doing this a long time. You can't do I can't talk about the Dodgers and about how half the people in L.A. can't see the Dodgers and most everybody else nationally doesn't care about the Dodgers because they all think Clayton Kershaw is going to choke in the postseason, right? I, I can't get into the Cubs and why they – maybe it's the disease of me, right? having that hangover from winning their first World Series in over 100 years, but they've been average at best. They've been very disappointing as opposed to the Nationals who previous to this season, the Nationals have always reminded me of like a – Halle Berry type of team, right? Halle Berry 
even to this moment. I you guys saw that Instagram from her last week. I don't know if you guys it was like it was like behind like a glass door. It's kind of blocked out, but you could see her silhouette. She's like fifty years old. I mean, still got it. Still got the fastball. But Halle Berry's been married like three times. She had a DUI. She, she's, she's not getting starring roles in movies. Like the only possible explanation is something does not. Something's off there. Like she she got to be crazy. Has to be. I always bring Eric Benet, one of her ex-husbands, was a sex addict and not sleeping with Halle Berry. Like, I don't know. To me, if you're a sex addict and Halle Berry's your wife, like this kind of could be a good thing. And that's what the Nationals have been, where loads of talent, right? Loads of talent. I mean, two elite pitchers who, by the way, were great this past weekend. Great. You know, you have, I believe, the only current pitcher in Major League Baseball to have won a Cy Young Award in both the National and American League. They've obviously had issues in their bullpen. You got Bryce Harper. You have other elite hitters on the club, and yet they haven't been able to do anything in the playoffs. They just, the Nationals have been a team, something's just not right. On the other hand, they seem to have figured it out this year. The Yankees are good. The Red Sox are starting to get at least, you know, above 500, above water. Like, this is trending in the way of a super interesting year that will be very well watched and consumed in the playoffs. Like, if you get. Nobody nobody buys into the Rockies long-term, right? Can't have a pitching staff in that, that park in the altitude long-term. If you get Dodgers, Cubs, Nats, who knows about the Mets? Uh, Astros have elite talent. Everyone seems to know that. You get the Yankees and the Red Sox all in the playoffs, even with the Cubs overcoming, o- overcoming the co- curse of the Billy Goat, you'll have ratings galore. The big markets, the big teams, people care about. You can't talk about in the regular season. But you know what you can talk about? A player who most people think is disliked by veterans, Bryce Harper. Since it's been three years, um, and they won the World Series that year. So uh, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it at all. Uh, but, you know, when somebody comes at you like that and throws a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, you know, where he did, wasn't very happy with it. And, uh, you know, just took it into my hands, I guess, and, you know, try to go after him a little that, bit. That's, that's, that's Bryce Harper. And like, look, in many ways, Bryce Harper probably overreacted. Now, Hunter Strickland carrying a grudge for three years, and anybody who says, like, that was there was no purpose to that pitch, like, you hit him in the hip. That's where you're – if you're throwing at a guy, that's actually exactly where you're supposed to. So part of it is, like, Bryce Harper, hey, dude, he just hit you in the hip. But part of it is, did you see that Buster Posey didn't do any – he didn't move. Right? When you're the catcher, like, that's your, – your job is to stand in between them, Talk him down, grab him, you know, at least give your pitcher a chance to get ready for a guy, even if even if it's fake. Here's Buster Posey after the game. After it happened, I kind of saw Harper point, and then, you know, next thing you know, he's going out after him. And, uh, yeah, I missed some big guys tumbling around on the ground. You see Mike Morris is about as big as they come, and he was getting knocked around like a pinball. So um, it'll be dangerous to get in, get in there sometimes. Wait, so Buster Posey's going business decision on us? Ah, it's a business decision. I, you know, remember that time I broke my leg in half when I was playing catcher, and they changed the rules of uh, at, at the plate because of that play, and I came back and I was the MVP of the National League the very next year. 
I don't buy that for one second. I think he knows exactly what happened, and he's like, dude, that's weak that you're throwing at a guy because he hit two bombs off you three years ago in the playoffs and we won the World Series. But, hey, if you're going to throw at him, then you got to be able to, you know, stand up for yourself. The fact is, it was on every different news station, every different sports network. Hell, I'm talking about it. Why shouldn't I? Talk about Posey, talk about the the evolution of Bryce Harper, who obviously, they're, they're, we haven't heard any of this. Remember when Bryce Harper first got in the bigs and Cole Hamels threw at him? He just threw at him because he's like, yeah. And like Cole Hamels is not even a tough guy, and he took on the tough guy to show the rook kind of the ropes for no apparent reason. Now Bryce Harper is being allowed a free pass to run and punch and and have a kerfuffle with Hunter Strickland, which which shows he's respected in this league. It was on Memorial Day, a day when people watch baseball. There wasn't anything else going on, and suddenly we care. Suddenly we care about the series. We care about Bryce Harper. We care about Hunter Strickland. We care about carrying a grudge. We care about it. Would you get suspended when like you have to defend yourself? Do you have to defend yourself in the National League where pitchers have to go hit then the next inning? What a great day for baseball, huh? Let's play two. A Predators fan was arrested for throwing a catfish onto the ice. I actually watched the Stanley Cup Finals last night. I did. And I don't understand the catfish thing, but I'll try and explain what I, why I think we are completely overreacting, and maybe I'm wrong. That's upcoming next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, we're running a little uh, behind, so let's uh, quickly reach into my sack of goodies. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> we welcome in Dan Beyer. Dan, what's in the sack today? Uh, let's see, Doug. We have got... Big deal, little deal, no deal. All right. Big deal, little deal, or no deal for this shortened week. Remember, everybody, it's Tuesday and not Monday. Um, last night, Monday night, game one of the Stanley Cup final went to the Penguins over the Predators. The Predators fan who threw a catfish on the ice during last night's game one in Pittsburgh now facing criminal charges. Jacob Waddell of Nashville was charged with disorderly conduct, possessing instruments of crime, and disrupting meetings and processions. Okay, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal that Waddell could face a maximum penalty of six years in jail? Uh... It's, it's no deal. I mean, what are they, what are they doing? Right? Like, what are you doing? The, so the catfish is like, they, they basically copied the idea of the octopus or uh, the octopus in Detroit. And like, unlike Detroit where you can't get an octopus without buying it, you could actually catch a catfish in Nashville, Tennessee, right? Like there's the river right there. Like if you wanted to, you'd go noodle. Sure. A lot, you, of, a lot you know, of the stories, people are buying them. But yeah, yeah they, they do. Yeah. They, they buy them. And you're not people, going to the lake, one of the Great Lakes, to get an octopus. You're no, right. you're, you're, you're not. Um, it, the dumbest thing I've ever heard is they're gonna, they arrested this guy and they're going to charge him. Like this is beyond stupid. No deal. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Potential number one pick Markel Fultz has told ESPN he's spoken with Celtics president Danny H multiple times and added that he wants to be the number one overall pick, and I'm quoting Fultz here, really bad. Yeah, uh, big deal, not nah, little deal. 
I mean, shouldn't everybody want to be the number one overall pick? I guess the idea is Lonzo Ball won't work out for them. But I do think it's important to – he knows Isaiah Thomas. Um, and and his little, Markel Fultz is actually from the D.C. area. He played college ball in Seattle, but they do know each other. He thinks he could play with him. I don't know if Isaiah Thomas long-term is a Celtic anyway. But, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a little deal. It's not no deal. It's important to, be, to want to go there, but also understand you're going to a playoff team. You might not get to start right away. How about this from the NFL? Big deal, little deal, or no deal? The Cowboys haven't given anyone Tony Romo's locker so far in their locker room. That's a creepy deal. I think that's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. It's like the guy who gets divorced and still wearing the wedding ring. Like, yeah, you know, it just kind of feels normal there, you know. Like, uh, you're not married anymore. Um, I've always found it weird when a woman doesn't change her name back. Haven't you? I don't know. Um, Yeah, Cowboys not moving on. Then Wade Wilson talking about, well, you know, if Dak gets injured week two. Like, why are you talking about Dak getting injured? You should never talk about your quarterback getting injured. Ever, ever, ever. Don't ever say. You would never say that when Tony Romo was quarterback would you well if Tony gets uh Tony gets hurt you wouldn't say uh, the Cowboys are handling this thing very strangely also no one's getting his number nine as of yet but that's not much of a surprise you don't want to have that number nine I out can't there. think anybody's opining for the number nine yeah, like, yeah nine's not a cool number in football um how about this from baseball big deal little deal or no deal former Florida governor Jeb Bush has withdrawn his bid to buy the Miami Marlins and that group if you remember included former Yankee great Derek Jeter so Jeter won't get his hands on the Marlins yeah, this is this is weird. It's weird that that this you know there was some other buyers that I don't think uh, met what the what the Marlins what the Major League Baseball wanted in terms of where their money came from. Now Derek Jeter, this is it's a big thing. I think that you're not going to be able to get people with the types of names Jeter and Bush owning the team. I'll be interested to see who ultimately does buy that yeah, baseball. Club. There is a there is a bid in there from the son of Mitt Romney, and that group also includes Hall of Famer Tom Glavin. So that could be the new owners of the Miami Marlins. Well, you know, our current president would think that they're chokers if a if if a Romney end up winning that bid. Sorry, sorry, and that's what's in the sack. <laughs> that was Gottlieb's sack. <laughs> I think it is a fascinating discussion. Who is pressure most on? Like, is it LeBron? Is it Durant? Is it Steph Curry? And then there's one guy who completely avoids any of the pressure and yet's a great player. Get to that upcoming next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, only on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio, live and direct, the city of angels. Uh, Ramos on vacation. Last week passed a stone. That was the big news of the day. Right, this week Nick writes in for him, sitting in on the ones and twos. Of course, this is a Ryan Music and Sydney Katz production. My man Dan Beyer with the updates. Uh, I love the idea that like nobody, nobody outside of Nashville or hockey guy really had any idea about the whole catfish in the ice thing. Like oh, catfish, I was like, why is there a catfish in the ice? I had to Google it. I felt like such a dork. Then I didn't feel like a dork. Then I realized hockey dork understood it, and I was the cool one, and hockey dork was the dork. But whatever. Um, Penguins won 5-3. Subban's uh, first goal probably shouldn't have been waved off. That's what a hockey guy told me. But it sure feels like the Penguins are the better team, right? I think it'll be, it feels like that sucker will be over really quick. Anyway, there's your hockey talk. Let's get to what people actually care about, which is the NBA Finals. And 
I'll tell you one of the things I despise. I hate we do this now. We do it in the NFL. We do it in the NBA playoffs. We'll do it in the NBA finals here where they'll have a press conference before the game. Like two hours before the game, the coaches will come in and they'll have like a press conference. Like This is such a foregone era way of doing things. You're better off saying like, hey, why don't you have like a Twitter chat or send out one like Facebook message like day of the game. There's nothing more that can possibly be said. And so inevitably there'll be something said by somebody who could be construed as controversial bulletin board. Most of it will be completely respectful like this. This is what Steve Kerr had to say in regards to the fact that the Warriors, not the Cavaliers, are the favorites heading into the series. They're the champions. We're not. I just saw the quote from Kevin Love. Like he said, he was surprised. I'm surprised too. Like, what the hell is everybody talking about? Like, are you kidding me? Like, they're a great team. They're the champs. We're trying to take what they took from us last year. Yeah. Fe- very reasonable. I do think that, like Steve, we're also aware you guys added Kevin Durant. They did not. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we did. We added Kevin Durant. We had 35 wasn't here last year. And remember, they also, I don't know if you guys remember, when Bogut got hurt, it showed that the Warriors had to go to their bench, and Sideshow Bob came in and played big minutes for the Cavs, and he was terrible, as opposed to JaVel McGee, who's been really good this year. Warriors a year older, Steph healthier. Uh, the bench, very different, and maybe not as deep. And the Cavs have kind of reconfigured. This is, I think it's safe to say that in terms of talent-wise, name-wise, this is the most ca- talented team the Cavs have had. Delhi was more in his prime, whatever Delhi's prime is, as opposed to Darren Williams, who's a shell of the Darren Williams that used to be an all-star, but Darren Williams used to be an all-star, right? So I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that the narrative is going to be about LeBron and about Kevin Durant. And yet the guy who probably has the most to gain is Steph Curry. The guy who has the least to lose is Kyrie Irving. Right? Like Kyrie Irving got hurt two years ago, so that L doesn't really go on him. Last year, he was awesome down the stretch. I mean, just awesome. Thoroughly dominant. He hit the big shot. And yet, no one's saying, like, hey, you know, if Kyrie wins, this is his second title. It's like, nah, this is LeBron's fourth. He gets no credit for a win and really no blame for the loss. Kyrie's in a good spot, but not a really rewarding spot. As opposed to Steph Curry, who, if you have a negative thought about Steph Curry, it is only because of the finals last year. And maybe a little bit the finals the year before, he was kind of underwhelming as well. Even though he was great down the stretch. But people point out he was great down the stretch because he wasn't a going against Kyrie Irving. He was going against Matthew Dellavedova, right? Who got worn down by playing huge minutes. And just, you start to see Delhi's Delhi ceiling right, right before your eyes. Isn't that, like, fascinating? Like, Kevin Love gets no, he'll get no credit if they win yet he's evolved and he's become very good within the way the Cavs play Kyrie gets will get zero blame even if he doesn't play well right like Kyrie's in the spot 
kind of perfect spot where he's thought of to be such a bad defender that when somebody scores, you're like, oh, Kyrie's not a good defensive player. But when he Kyrie scores himself, you're like, oh, he's a great scorer. There's no, almost no pressure on him. There's a ton of pressure on Stephen Curry. The only time he won a championship, he was going against backup guards the entire entirety of the NBA playoffs in the NBA Finals. Last year, he didn't play well, even though he was the sole focus of the Cavaliers. Like, the Cavaliers' game plan on offense and defense was both the same. Stop Steph Curry. And the way they did it on offense was they just kept dribbling around and setting screens until they'd find the guy that Steph was guarding, and that's the guy that would go to work. Like, they... They tried to abuse him on defense to wear him down so his offense wouldn't be that good, and it worked. And maybe the the least respected part about what Steph did in the offseason was he went to Kevin Rand's like, hey, man, you want to come play with my team? You want to come be the best player on my team? You want to take half my shots away? Come on. Think about the sacrifice in ego. Cowherd has is in a great spot. And I don't just mean in terms of the money he's making and where he's living or whatever and the importance he is to our TV and radio network. I'm not saying that. I'm telling, like, as a friend of Collins for 15 years, like, emotionally, he's in an incredible place. Like, Colin was never an animal guy. And now he's got, like, two cats and a dog. I'm like, what happened to you? He's like, oh, dogs are cute. Like, I, I used to have a dog. You used to ask me about having a dog and, you know, do you always have to, when you travel, do you have to think about the dog? And Colin's kind enough to like, hey, man, I want you to come on twice a week. We'll start with basketball. We're going to go to football. I value your opinion. Great to have on. Like, he's been incredible to me. But it's not like Colin Coward's like, hey, do you want to co-host this radio show with me? Right? That's what Steph Curry did. Steph Curry was a unanimous MVP, and he goes up to Kevin Durant, flies out to Nantucket or what were they? They weren't in Nantucket. They were in uh, the Hamptons. And like, hey, man, do you want to co-host this show with me? That sacrificing of ego is remarkable. Who does that? Who does that? Yes, music. Do you think that Curry, I mean, unless he goes out and has a remarkable, just totally jumps off the page type finals, do you think people are even going to give him credit? for the finals regardless, or is it just going to be like, oh, well, Kevin Durant, he needed Kevin Durant in order to get over the hump against LeBron because the only time he was able to beat LeBron was without Kyrie and Kevin Love. Like, I feel like people aren't going to want to give Steph Curry credit either way unless he averages like 45 points a game. Look, like, all look, the credit's going to go to Kevin Durant. I think on the fringes, you're always, if Kevin Durant loses, on the fringes, you'll have people that have already made up their mind what the narrative should be. This is it's really important to point this out. I understand I'm talking I'm talking about games that have yet to be played. I'm talking about a movie I have yet to see. Like let me give you an example. Okay. Now, this game has already been played. We have an AAU program in Southern California that uh we continue to run and we've kind of hit reboot here. My dad passed away a couple years ago. He ran it for 30 years and we have new young really good coaches. And I got a buddy whose son plays on the team. The kid's a great kid. Probably not a Division One player. Uh, but he, he may end up good grades. Like, he'll play somewhere in college with uh, academic repute. So his dad, a friend of mine, 
And it, they did, it was a big tournament in the city of Orange where I grew up, at Orange Lutheran, and then in other parts of Orange County. And uh, you've seen those LaMelo Ball videos, whatever, same tournament. And they end up two and three. They blew out a couple teams, got blown out twice. And so he was kind of complaining, the dad was, about some of the things that happened. And I said, send me the tape. That, that, don't tell me what happened. Send me the tape. I can't tell you what my opinion is until I see it. So... Do I think there are people that if the Warriors win, they'll say, well, it's only because they went out and got Durant. They won't give Durant credit because he had to join a 73-win team? Sure. Do I think people have already determined if Steph Curry wins, it was only because he went out and got Durant? Sure. Do I think if they lose, people will say, well, Steph Curry's not that good? Sure. Do I think they'll say that Kevin Durant will never win a title? Sure. But I've also lived long enough to know that Alex Rodriguez was a choker, was bad for a team until he was the World Series MVP. Like, you play long enough, you live long enough, you're no longer the villain, and you're just so good that you you can't... Talent doesn't go away. It doesn't. So these guys are going to be around for several years of several opportunities. And as much as we can sit here and say, hey, I don't... I think that Steph will be viewed won't be viewed as positively if they win it with, with, let's see what happens. If Steph Curry dominates this series the way he dominated the previous series, most people with a brain will give him his due. If LeBron James, like if LeBron James wins a title, he'll get a ton of due. Now I will be the one watching is LeBron James, the one who makes the big plays. He made a great block last year against Andre Godala. Iggy should have dunked the ball and he didn't hit the game winning shot. That was Kyrie. And they, they got just enough out of Kevin Love, but Kevin Love wasn't great last year. He was still kind of trying to figure it out. So I'd, I'd love to t- sit here and tell you I know exactly what, and I, I on the fringes, some people have already made up their mind. That's lazy. And that happens. I'm not lazy. I don't let that happen to me. Let's let it play out. Let's see. I only think it's interesting that I think there's a ton of pressure on Steph because Steph goes from being the golden child of the NBA to being, ah, he makes a bunch of shots, he's got some cool commercials, got his shoes. We've kind of pat him on the head when he's a great player. But he has to play well in these finals, and they got to win. Otherwise, he gets kind of buried in that, yeah, the only reason he won the MVP was because, uh, you know, of these crazy shots he hits and what he did in the regular season. And we didn't want to vote for LeBron. And the only reason he won a championship was because Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt. As opposed to Kyrie Irving, who will get a complete pass if they don't win because, well, he won one last year. And he was hurt the year before. So I, I'm interested by the, the, the pressure. And look, they all feel pressure. I don't think bulletin board material changes anything. I just don't. I do, do think it can motivate some of the bench players to play a little tougher with a little bit better energy. But I'm fascinated by this series. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. What is Drew Brees' level of confidence that his defense can actually tackle somebody? And how much does AD have in the tank? We'll ask the superstar quarterback of the New Orleans Saints as he will join us live next. 
This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. True Breeze is supposed to join us in a couple moments here. I was looking at their schedule. They open up in Minnesota, taking on the Vikings. At home to the Patriots on the road against Carolina Panthers. Should be pointed out that Cam Newton's coming off shoulder surgery. Then home to the Dolphins, home to the Lions, to Green Bay. Like, wow, that is a really, really, really hard schedule to start. Then Bears uh, and Buccaneers at home. So uh, the home games outside of the Patriots, not crazy. Not crazy difficult. Remember, they got, they've got they gotten off to some sluggish starts. Uh, but two of the first three on the road. Vikings, Panthers, and I know we don't we think of the Panthers as two years ago, not the Panthers of last year when they got off to their own bad start. But I noticed the Ravens aren't on there. Do you know the Ravens, the only team he hasn't beaten that Drew Brees hasn't beaten his entirety of his career? Ever? Ever. I mean, I'm sure there's not that many games against the Ravens when you're in San Diego with the Chargers and when you're in New Orleans, but he's never beaten the never beaten the Ravens. Interesting stat. I did not know that, Doug. Like you know, it's weird, wacky, and wild. Weird, wacky and wild stuff. Here's the thing I want to ask. Um, I'm going to ask Drew Brees, who's on his way. He's got uh, he's he's halfway to Philip Rivers. He's got four kids. So at at one point, like those two guys, at one point in time, that was the the offensive backfield, you know, the quarterbacks for the San Diego Chargers together. It's Twelve combined kids. That's a lot. That's a that's a lot of kids. Um. But he said on Dan Patrick's show. I think it was last week or the week before he said that when he does, when he gets hit, if he's woozy, like he won't tell his wife. So she won't worry. But the fact is that he told Dan and it became viral. So I'm just wondering how long after he got off of that phone conversation with Dan Patrick, did his wife text him and goes, Oh really? And then you got to take that a step further. And, um, does does he buy into the idea that Giselle kind of, oops, sorry, didn't mean to tell you that Tom Brady suffered a concussion last year was really Giselle smartly putting Tom Brady on blast because she wants Tom Brady to stop playing football? Yes, Ryan Music. Can you relate? Obviously, you didn't play football, so it's not really like a health issue, but are there certain things regarding your job that you're like, you know what, wife doesn't really need to know about this? That sort of idea, because that's what he said: is he doesn't want to tell his no, wife. No, my wife, because- my wife's not. My, it's not going to do anything in my health. Do I? Do I tell my wife everything that goes on at work? No. It, but is it? But I, there's what, nothing. There's nothing really. This is not that. This is a different kind of job, man. Like, right. We show up. We talk. We meet. We do a radio show. We turn off. We go home. But I guess the the idea is that Drew Brees is like intentionally withholding. There's definitely. Certain- there's always going to be things in which you tell your. You don't lie to your wife. But you don't tell your wife always the whole truth, right? You just there's not. She doesn't need to tell me everything that happened in her day, right? Like I don't. Unless I asked her specifically, like my wife, um, she went to Soul Cycle this morning. Now, look, generally, guy goes to Soul Cycle. <laughs> if I if I tell her like I I went and got a workout, she doesn't ask me like, was there any any really attractive women in yoga or working out today, right? 
I simply tell her the I went to work out this morning. Hey, I did too. I went to Soul Cycle. I didn't say like, was the teacher a guy? Was he good looking? Did he turn? Yeah, like I just there's things you don't need to. Like it's okay. She's allowed to have her own life, right? She's allowed to explore her own sense of being and being a grown woman. Like it's it's okay. Um. But I I think the bigger thing, and this is music, which you'll learn, is that what he's not saying is what every married man knows, which is the second his wife says, hey, you're done playing football, you're done playing football. And you can say, like, no, he's Drew Brees. He's like, no, he doesn't play football. Because women do have a better, your significant other, and I'm sure there's, there's men who are married to women. Women are in tough jobs to which, your significant other usually knows you, knows what makes you happy, but understands the balance between making you happy and does your job, you know, is there a long-term payoff for it? I think what what he's saying is not, it's not about withholding something from his wife because he's withholding from his wife. I think he knows that the second his wife says it's over is the second that it's over. It doesn't mean it had, comes to a crashing halt at that moment, but it all reality. That's that's why you don't tell your wife. It, it's pretty interesting because Drew Brees is almost in a somewhat similar situation as Tom Brady. Clearly, not quite the same level of success as Tom Brady in terms of number of Super Bowls, but both in their late thirties, both the type of quarterback that has really lifted up their individual franchises, and now you're sort of hitting that flex point of they're still producing. But we know that at any point now, it could totally drop off and drop off quickly. Well, there were some that thought the drop-off was two years ago for Drew Brees. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards every year he's been with the Saints. It's 11 consecutive years. He's thrown for over 5,000 yards four of the last six years. But go back two years ago, he had the, he had the, the shoulder. He had something going on with his shoulder, and he was, he was throwing some – he was misfiring a ton. And there were some that thought, all right, finally the moment where Drew Brees ages – and he, he hasn't. He just hadn't had the defense, really, to kind of go with him. But, yeah, like I, I'd agree with you that Father Time's undefeated, and at some point he'll get to these guys. Breeze is protected a little bit more because he plays indoors. You know, he's not playing where – where, and he's playing for, with an absolute offensive play-calling savant. And now they have, what well, you'd think, two good running backs. be interesting to see what they have with Adrian Peterson. The issue with Breeze – and he gets a pass because his defense has been so bad. He hasn't been great two years ago, a ton of turnovers, and that puts the defense in an even worse spot, but the defense has been so bad it doesn't even matter. But, yeah, at some point, you, you, he's going to have to move on. When does that point come around? It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm. Rolling on here from beautiful Los Angeles. So I I love this. Uh, I love what uh, Jerry Jones had to say about millennials. And this is weird. This is interesting because yesterday John Mara kind of stepped in it because he's just so bad with the PR. Right? So bad. Like he offered up his thoughts on Colin Kaepernick. And there's probably a lot of honesty to it where he's like, hey, look. This is a hot button issue. I've got more letters written to me or things sent to me because, you know, the idea of 
of not just Colin Kaepernick, but if your guys ever protested, I wouldn't come see a, a Giants game. Like, I do think that even though you're you're showing that's what older fans would think, No, only older fans write letters, only crazy people write letters. I do think you're taking a snapshot of of the older demographic, even if it is reality. Problem is just in the, there's no win in, seems to be no win at all in John Mara talking about a player that they weren't going to sign to begin with. So Jerry Jones is something interesting. He's commented on what millennials think millennials like. I saw what the millennials did when Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott hit the field. All of a sudden, Millennials by the thousands started getting interested in the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys and watching it in more, even a more traditional way. So it's always been about that. It's been about the excitement of the players. You enthuse millennials, and they get excited about our game. Uh, but but uh, and we should never forget that it's about the game. I don't even know what the high, what what was the whole point of his whole millennial discussion. Does anybody have any clue exactly what the hell he's talking about? He just like millennials became a buzzword, and he decided to use millennials there. <laughs> right? It's like when people. It, it honestly, it's like Tito's vodka is gluten free. I like Tito's vodka, and I do have a buddy who thinks he's gluten intolerant. I'm intolerant of people who are gluten intolerant, to be completely honest with you. I have a tough time. Like, is it, does it have gluten in it? Does it have gluten in it? Like, it becomes just kind of a buzzword. There was a time when Wellspring was a buzzword. You guys know what a Wellspring is? No idea. Uh, wellspring is when, when one place, uh, Los Angeles is a Wellspring for great basketball talent. Like right. there's a lot of like, like, like growing like, up and coming. Yeah. Well, like people like things just sprout from like, okay. So people have always said New York city basketball, like tell me the NBA players who are from New York city. Right. Whereas I can tell you about so many of the, uh, from DeMar DeRozan, Paul Pierce. Like I can kind of go deep into guys that were LA products that have been really, that have been great basketball players growing up in LA. Maybe more interesting is in this NBA finals, you know, Kevin Durant from uh from Baltimore, right? You got Steph from from Charlotte. You have Clay who's from Orange County. Um you have Kyrie who was born in Australia, but then went to high school in Jersey. I mean like there is no wellspring, but a wellspring is a spot where there've been a bunch of things sprout up from there. Right, like the grunge area was a, a Seattle was a wellspring for grunge music. Okay. So there was a time when that was, and then organic has been a big buzzword. Like, oh, just, I love from organic food to organic conversations. Like organic is a great word. Let's just let it happen kind of organically. It could be for any sentence. So I, I have a feeling that whatever the hell Jerry Joe's meant I mean, like, look, people got excited about the Cowboys because they were good. That had nothing to do with millennials. Like, oh, millennials, millennials, millennials. Somebody said millennials. If I say millennials a bunch of time, millennials will pay attention. Like, eh, really? They're on their devices. They can't hear you. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest. They're on their devices. 
So I, I don't really understand. I also don't understand this. Um, I don't understand why they're not clearing out Tony Romo's locker. Right? Like it's over. Done. It's finished. And I have some of this myself, like where I, I have trouble. Like I hang on to stuff all the time. Are you a, I'm not a pack rat. It's not like I'm uh have you ever seen the, the TV show Hoarders? Oh, is that some scary stuff? Of course, stuff? yeah. Now, my mom is not a hoarder. She is a little bit of a pack rat. Like you walk in, you're like, oh, and I, I saw this when you were in high school. Like, wow, mom, I'm a long time ago. But like, that's kind of how the Cowboys are here. They're not clearing out his locker. They're not giving away his number. Like, let's just kind of, like, come on, keep the train moving here. You retired. You left. You're covering games now. And then there was this really weird quote from Wade Wilson where he told Scout.com that it would be fun for fans to speculate that Tony Romo would come back if Dak Prescott got hurt. You explain that to me, how your starting quarterback getting hurt and the word fun come into the same sentence. I'm not somebody who, like, I don't care about walking under a ladder. And I'm not like a, you know, I don't have to do the same thing every day. I'm not superstitious. I don't think that the Madden curse is real. But I do think there's a certain, I don't know, sensitivity or reasonable in terms of things you don't say. Like, you don't ask a couple when they get married, like, on their wedding night. Like, they come around. If you ever, I, I haven't been to a wedding in a long time, but I still think this holds true. Where they come around to every table and say hi to everybody, right? You get a chance to try and... That's one of the things about your wedding night. It's like, I really didn't want to... I like all you people, but I kind of want to pay attention to her. That was kind of the thing. She's in this awesome dress. She looks beautiful. She smells good. Can we clear out? Can I get back to the, you know, consummating the marriage? Anyway. But somebody comes over to your table. You don't... First thing in your mind is like, well, hey, you know, like, listen, if this doesn't work out, you know, Jimmy's still attracted to you. You can still get him back. You guys, did you guys do a prenup? Like, there's just certain things that it's not like. There's, there's nothing legally wrong. And it doesn't mean that mentioning a prenup or mentioning a former boyfriend is going to undo the marriage. But you just don't do it, right? So Wade Wilson's like, oh, yeah. You know, it's hard to say this conversation about Tony. What's he doing? Is he going to Houston? It's fun to speculate that if Dak were to go down in week two, would Tony come back? Well, how is that fun for anybody to speculate? Yeah, if if Dak suffered like some gruesome leg injury, you know, like, like, um, uh, yeah, you know, what happened up in uh, Minnesota last year, right? Like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, where his leg nearly fell off of his body. Like, if that happens, it's kind of fun to speculate. Like, how is that fun? I mean, it's super fun. Our choices are brittle old Tony Romo, who's probably a little plump because they do feed you good at CBS, I can tell you. Oh, man, the food is, food is great. Everything you do, the good food there. There's, like, out-of-shape Tony Romo or Kellen Moore or Colin Kaepernick. Like, these are your choices. Or Dak Prescott with a mangled leg. How is that a fun discussion? What the hell is the matter with the Cowboys? Maybe this tells you why they haven't won anything in 15, 20 years. Right? Maybe that's maybe that's kind of, the lessons like 
Jerry Jones is trying to relate to millennials by simply saying millennials. The more he says millennials, the more he thinks it'll connect with millennials. And their quarterback coach is saying it would be fun to speculate about the possibility of a starting quarterback getting hurt. Like the one thing that derails a season, the everything is about percentages in sports, right? The likelihood of something happening. The strongest likelihood in you having a disastrous season is losing your starting quarterback. Look it up. Look it up. Go look at the teams that did well last year. Go look at the teams that did poorly last year. Granted, the Dallas Cowboys did very well, and they lost their starting quarterback after just one series. That's the exception, not the rule. Right? What The Dolphins were good, and then they were a joke at the end of the season. Why? They lost their starting quarterback. The Raiders were a threat in the AFC until they lost their starting quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers were 11-5, and but one of the reasons that they lost a couple of those games was they lost their starting quarterback midseason. They might have had, had a fight for a home field advantage throughout. The Baltimore Ravens didn't lose their starting quarterback, but Joe Flacco was in his first year back from an ACL and was not the same. Texans were great, but they had Brock Oswald. I mean, the, the point is, like, if you go back over the last 20 years, I, I'm without even running the numbers, I would guess 80 to 90% of the teams that have lost their starting quarterback at any point in the time, at the start or middle of the season, have uh, not made the playoffs. There is nothing fun about speculating about a quarterback who was a backup, was a very good player, decided to go to retirement, and you have an underpaid second-year quarterback. Nothing fun about speculating about him getting hurt and then having to find what's behind door number two. Clay Travis believes that uh, Major League Baseball should ban all fights. It's a little game called What Did the Fox Say? Then you'll find out what I have to say. That's upcoming next. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on. Fox Sports Radio. Uh, in spite of or despite, I always get confused which is the proper use of it. I kind of think they're the same thing, right? In spite of or despite the fact that I'm probably going to destroy one or both of the rants of other radio hosts on Fox Sports Radio, it's uh, it's it's all a love. And it's the fact that I do think that generally they do great shows. Great shows. And I've, I began, I, I don't take credit for a lot of things. Like, I want to know who the first quarterback is to throw the back shoulder throw. Phil Sims told me he's the guy. A lot of people in football think it's Dan Marino. Like, who's the first guy to have the back shoulder throw? Like, in basketball, everybody gets credit. Like, Sham God Wells, or God Sham God, gets credit for the, you're dribbling right, and you cross over by reaching the across, like dribble your left hand back across to your left, from left to right. It's called the Sham God move. I, I don't actually think Sham God should get the credit, but he does. Kiki Vandaway gets credit for the step back. Jack Sigma used to reverse pivot in the post, shoot off the backboard. It's called a Sigma move, right? Like, you want to give credit. I want to get credit for the fact that I was the first one to say, hey, you know, 
I don't know how good I am, but I think in terms of lineup, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, Gorman, uh, JT, Jason Smith, weekend lineup, awesome. Ben Maller, overnight. Like, that's the best lineup in the history of sports radio. I believe it. And so every day we try and play you a portion of something that was said in the previous 23 hours, 22 hours or so of Fox Sports Radio. We call it, what did the Fox say? And now. Let's start with Clay Travis, who, um, look, he's waiting and waiting, waiting for SEC football. That's really what it comes down to, right? Uh, he's become a Predators fan. Like he was, he's really the guy who threw the catfish. Just he, the the guy who got arrested, that's his fall guy. He listened to Chris Carter. That's his fall guy. And he had this to say about fighting in Major League Baseball. Why do we allow fighting in baseball? And I've been asking this question for a long time, and honestly, I think it applies to hockey, too. If you wanted to end it, you could. All you would have to do is suspend somebody for like a month and not let them get paid, and it would never happen again. If the Major League Baseball came out and said, Bryce Harper, you're suspended for a month, and if they also suspended the pitcher here and several other players who came onto the field, nobody would ever charge the mound anymore. It would be over. You say, look, if you come onto the field in any way and you aren't on the field, then you get suspended for a month. Why is there no pressure on baseball to end it? It's actually a really good question. I mean, technically, baseball does have pressure to not fight. Guys do get suspended for fighting in Major League Baseball. They absolutely do. Uh, but the idea of, hey, why isn't there this pressure when in the NBA, the second you step off a bench, you're automatically suspended. And the argument can go round and round, but I, I kind of think the easiest one is this. The union. Major League Baseball has the strongest union in sports. Um, and because of it, that type of legislation could never get passed because the players would say, like, this is how we police ourselves. This is how it's always been done. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't believe you should take fighting out of it. They tried to take fighting out of hockey, and people stopped watching hockey. There's a lot of reasons. And maybe you could say, well, people were never watching hockey. Taking fighting out of regular season hockey is a super bad idea. The loudest a crowd gets is an overtime goal. The second loudest they get is a fight, especially a goalie fight. We don't like a good goalie fight. I know I do. So um, I think it's a bad idea. Now, as for well, why is it allowed in football but not allowed in basketball, the problem is that basketball has the, the Rudy Tomjanovich fight in its past where Rudy Tomjanovich nearly died after he was hit so hard uh, in, in an NBA game. Like, because of that, that's like the fear. These guys are too big, too strong, can do too much damage, and baseball players to this point have been smart enough to put the bat down, and because everybody runs on the field, you basically get time for one or two shots, not enough time to do a ton of damage. And I, I hate to be the guy who says that's kind of how it's always been, but it's because baseball players believe that's how it's always been that the union will never let you take it fully out of the game. Um, you can listen on uh, Sirius XM Channel 83 to Undisputed. That's Skip Bayless and um, Joy Taylor 
and Shannon Sharp, mornings on Fox Sports 1. Take a listen to what Skip had to say about who the most clutch player in the NBA is now. Let's get this straight. After Kevin Durant <laughs> left Russell Westbrook high and dry last summer in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and they really couldn't do much to improve their team, a team with no other all-stars, Russell Westbrook carried to the sixth seed, and he became the best clutch scorer in all of basketball because in clutch points with the game on the line, last 24 seconds, he led the NBA. And he had more walk-off shots in one season than LeBron has had in his career. Yeah, well, that's because he always had the basketball. He dominated the ball. (laughs) So you can tell me that here's the problem with the whole idea of being clutch. You can tell me that Russell Westbrook, based upon his performances in the regular season, is clutch, and then I'll give you the playoffs, where he was awful. He was bad. Wasn't there more pressure to perform in the playoffs? Now, look, he did the same thing. He took some of the same shots. He simply didn't make them. They made him take more three-point shots. Was he suddenly not clutch? And I don't really understand that. And if you want to get down to it, like Russell Westbrook wasn't clutch going back to the previous year in the NBA playoffs when they had three games to one lead. So, everybody, you know, LeBron was a choker until he wasn't. Russell Westbrook was clutch until he wasn't. But you can tell me that Russell Westbrook's clutch based upon what he did in the regular season, I give you the postseason as, hey, he didn't come through in the most important moments of the playoffs, which is the most important part of the season. So does that make him a choker now? Oh, he doesn't have the help in the playoffs, but he didn't have the help in the regular season, and he came through in the regular season. That's what the Fox said. All right, lots to get to. Um I want to get to this story out of the National Football League. If you were representing the NFL Players Association, who would the one or two players that you would most want young players to emulate be? Look up to this guy. Copy that guy. Do whatever. Be a shadow to this player. Right? Like this is, the, this is what rookies are told, freshmen are told in high school, freshmen are told in college as well. If you do everything he does, you're walking the good path. Wait to hear what one leader of the NFLPA said to incoming rookies as to who the two players they should most want to emulate are. That's upcoming next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Reggie Bush going to join us in uh, 15 minutes, we think. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Dan Beyer keeps saying it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday. It's obviously because Dan Beyer forgot it's Tuesday. It does kind of, kind of throws you off. I was off all last week. I'm going to admit it. I was off because on Monday we were in Las Vegas, and I came back, and I was I forgot what day, what was, whatever. Right? People used to know what day it was more and what year it was more because they'd write checks, but now nobody writes a check. Like, you used to be able to use the, ah, I can't believe it's 2017. I just started writing 2016 in my checkbook. But nobody writes checks anymore. Everybody banks online. Anyway. Who are the guys you want to look up to? Right? You want to emulate. I found this story to be really interesting. And maybe a little bit off-putting, to be totally honest with you. So last week in Los Angeles, they had the NFL Rookie Symposium. And basically, it's where these guys get together. There's 
people who advise them on handling their money, on working out, on what to like. It's like, uh, you know, when when your wife gets pregnant, people give you the what to expect when you're expecting. You know that book, what to expect when you're expecting. This is what the NFL is like. These guys aren't going to read it if we give them a book. Like they're all visual learners. Let's bring them in to L.A., get them some food, get them some hotel rooms, get some interesting people, and teach them some stuff. And, you know, maybe they break, you break through to a couple of them. So there's a guy named uh, Ahmad Nassar. He's the president of the NFL's, NFLPA's for-profit subs- subsidiary, NFL Players, Inc. All right, so this guy is a for-profit guy in connection with the NFLPA, who they brought in to speak to the players about what's, what the NFL players, the kind of little code with NFL is, getting out from behind the shield, getting out from behind the face mask. And the problem that NFL players have, NBA players don't, is that you can't see them. Like an NFL player walks in, and unless he's a quarterback or a star, you have no idea what he looks like. Here's what I want you to do. Here, I'll, here, here you go. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think. Do you know what Joe Thomas looks like? Any idea? But you think big white guy, right? Like, ah, it's a big white guy. But, like, facial features. Any idea? No, not, not really. Like, you know Eli because he's quarterback and he makes Eli face. You know Odell Beckham Jr., but, like, not. Jay Cutler, who obviously now is a colleague at Fox, so we kind of can make fun of him, right? We can sort of smoking face Jay Cutler, pouting face Jay Cutler. We can make fun of that, right? Quarterbacks you know because, especially the guys at Fox, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a difference between like Fox and CBS and ESPN, how they, how their director, what the shots they pick, whereas Fox always does those kind of super close-ups so you see the guy's face. They don't do that other places. Anyway. Um, but could you, like, could you legitimately pick Calvin Johnson out of a lineup? I don't think you could. You're like, oh, taller, black guy. Okay, what's his hair like? I got no idea. Like, unless you have, like, Richard Sherman, he's got the dreads, and he's done a bunch of commercials, and he he yelled at uh, Michael Crabtree, right? Like, so you know what Richard Sherman looks like. But the whole thing is, how do I get out from behind the mask, behind the shield? Because if there's 53 guys in the roster, you might know three or four what they look like. Like, Bobby Wagner's an awesome player. Bobby Wagner's one of my top five or ten favorite defensive players. I don't know what he looks like. I mean, like, right? Like, I'm sure he's a relatively good-looking black guy. I I couldn't tell you, like, g- give me facial features for, like, what, what's the sketch artist? If you had to do sketch artist with Bobby Wagner, how would you do it? Like, uh, he's, like, black and, like, strong and, like, athletic and tough and smart. And what's he look like? Uh, I don't know. So one of the things NFL players are trying to do is what Travis Kelsey, for example, did Last year. This year, Travis Kelsey is dating an Instagram model. Smoke show, but Instagram model is like, it's like out-of-worked actor, right? Like, you're not an out-of-worked actor. You're really just a server at my table that would dream of, or you're in something once. Although, can I tell you a quick side story? I got to tell you this one. So, this happened three weeks ago. I was having... uh, Drinks with a colleague. 
And a guy comes up, and he could have been nicer, and he had red hair. And I go, oh, wait a second. Hold on, where do I know you from? And he was searching. He was, he was like, uh, I wasn't, he wasn't necessarily that playing along. He just wasn't giving me the answer. And he was, honest to goodness, he was my server at a like, restaurant. I'm not going to give out the restaurant's name. That would be. But then I started to think through kind of my mental Rolodex. Where do I know him from? Right? Red-haired, on in a movie. It seemed like a famous movie. Wait a second. It's the Shermanator from American Pie. And I was like, wait, Sherman? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Guy's name's uh, Chris Owen. He's an actor. And he also is a server at this at uh, Sushi Roku. I'll give, him, I'll give him a little plug. It's good. And he couldn't have been a better guy. And he was like, totally honest. He's like, yeah, dude, like Hollywood's crazy. Like you can be in a really good movie and I've been in other good stuff. And then you can be a server. All right. Sherman, can I call you Sherman? He's like, everybody calls me Sherman. Like, All right. Anyway, so Travis Kelsey, kind of the genius that Kelsey was, he went on that, uh, was it like dating Travis Kelsey or something like that? Where he basically dated 50 chicks and, it made it. He made a name for himself, and yes, he also made a name for himself with his touchdown celebrations, which are back in the NFL this year. Catching Kelsey with him, get it? Tight end, and he's a catch, catching Kelsey. Oh, that one went over really well in the boardroom. So this guy Ahmad Nassar says, some people think uh, he was talking to Ben Volan of the Boston Globe, and apparently they advised. These NFL rookies, the two guys that you most want to emulate are Odell Beckham Jr., superstar, signed the biggest shoe contract in the history of the National Football League, and Rob Gronkowski. Now, Gronk does have a Nickelodeon show. Have you guys seen it? It's like a, it's a spinoff of uh, Ridiculousness, right? It's called, uh, what's it called? My son actually really likes it. It is terrible. It is Crashleets. Crashleets is, it's basically, do you guys know what Ridiculousness is? You see that show? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen Ridiculousness. Uh, what's my man's name? Um, Rob Deerdeck. Rob Deerdeck. We used to, I actually used to pick games against Rob Deerdeck like seven years ago on my radio show. I, he owes me a trip to the fan, the, fun, the Fantasy Factory, whatever it's called. Okay. So Deerdeck has his show, and this is like a kind of a sister show that goes along with it, Crashleets, where they show guys doing sports basically hurting themselves and then Gronk makes comments and then there's two other people and nobody's really all that but it's it's playing to like a like my son's eight he likes it it's the perfect demo for him so Ahmad Nassar said this to Ben Volan of the Boston Globe some people think it's just an extension of a frat boy and that it's sort of accidental Nassar said and that's wrong it's not accidental it's very purposeful so the message there is really it really is. Really good branding is where you don't even feel it. You think, oh, that's just Gronk being Gronk. Actually, that's his brand. But it's so good, so ingrained, so authentic, you don't even know the brand or think it. You buy that? Not for a second. Right? Like, do I think Rob Gronkowski is smarter than he lets on? Okay, a little bit. But, like, he had the Gronk cruise. He's done so many different Gronk things. Do I think he plays it up? Sure. But this idea that, oh, it's kind of 
It's all branding. You don't know where the brand ends and real Gronk begins. That's because he's good. He's really good. Do I think you could use Gronk as he's being kind of true to himself and it fits his image and it fits being a tight end as a guy you could like, hey, look, here's a guy who's been able to kind of really make it work. But I don't know if that's if I'm representing the NFLPA, if I say this is a guy I want you to emulate. And frankly, Odell Beckham Jr., like, look, he's super popular because of the hair, but he's most popular because of the one-handed catch. And you know what's crazy about it? Julio Jones' catch in the Super Bowl was better and more meaningful. And Julio Jones, to this point in his career, is better and has played more meaningful games. And yet, we're telling NFL players and somebody who works for the NFLPA in concert as a pro, he's like, look, proof is in the pudding. These guys are getting paid. That's the way to do it. Do the Odell Beckham Jr., do the Rom Gronkowski. No mention of Julio Jones, who's never had a sniff of trouble and all he's done is ball out for the Falcons. And when healthy, he's probably the best wide receiver in the league. But the, the key is here. It's like the... The reason football players do what they do is that's the only way to get up behind the mask. The football career is short. You have to find a way to make yourself known. And whether it's going on The Biggest Loser, going on The Bachelorette, creating a show, catching Kelsey, dancing with the stars, and Antonio Brown. We've seen others do Dancing with the Stars. Jason Taylor did it. He was like the for dance. Jason Taylor was like the first to do it. And it really pissed off uh, Bill Parcells. Like, all these guys are trying to do the same thing because they know this is not their last job. they got to find their next job. And outside of, like, three guys on every team, we don't know what they look like. This is how we find out what they look like. Pat McAfee doing comedy. Pat McAfee doing comedy is a lot. He it's it, He's sports funny. Like, sports hot. And I've said this, like, but uh, uh, Kornikova. Right? Like, Kornikova wasn't a smoke show. She was a smoke show for a tennis player. It's different levels of smoke show. Pat McAfee's funny, but like now he's like a full-time comedian. Like, you're not that funny, dude. Like, Bill Burr was on with Cowherd today. That guy's funny. Although, like, look, to, if you really want to help Pat McAfee go like, Dane Cook's not funny, and he sold out a lot of concert places, right? I don't know anybody who's ever told a joke and like, you know, I heard that? Dane Cook. Do you? <laughs> See? Like, I can tell you, and I got great Eddie Murphy lines. I got Chris Rock. Like, man is only as faithful as his options. That's Chris Rock, right? You can drive a car with your feet, but it ain't a good idea. That's Chris Rock, right? Can't tell you anything Dane Cook said that's, uh, that I can relate to. Like, if Dane Cook's going to steal jokes, why didn't he steal good ones? I don't know. Reggie Bush joins us upcoming next. Is he done? And if so, is he at peace with it? I'll ask him next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. 
We are uh, days away, days away from the NBA Finals. And the lead-up to this is kind of like the lead-up to a Super Bowl. Like, we usually don't – we're getting more and more time because the series pre- previous to this was over so quickly. Both series is over so quickly. Uh, but it is fascinating on how much uh, things get ramped up. But also, guys are healthy, you know? Guys will be healthy, with the exception, obviously, of the coach of the Golden State Warriors. The guy who's played and won a Super Bowl. And, of course, won a Heisman Trophy is Reggie Bush. He's kind of to spend some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Reggie, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. So uh, give me your sense. I know you're healthy enough to go play. You yeah. want to go play. You haven't gotten yeah. a call yet. Where does your pro football career stand as of right now? Well, I've, I've had a few teams I've talked to. Um, just haven't made a decision at this point and just kind of want to take my time. I'm in no rush. Uh I feel great. I uh, feel healthy, which is the most important part, um, you know, going into year 12. And, uh, you know, I'm still excited to play football. And, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll see as it gets closer to training camp, you know, what, what, what if any teams, um, you know, I, I end up choosing. Uh, but as of right now, my, my career is still very much, uh, you know, I still very much want to play. Okay, so. So, so I guess the question becomes, and this is what I'm really interested in, like, look, if you're in shape, and it's hard to stay in shape, even if you have yeah. a trainer when you're not with the team. And so I respect mm-hmm. respect that, but there is this. Well, I think I, I think a part of that is is you know it's, it's only hard to stay in shape if uh, if it's not a part of you. You know what I mean? If you're just doing it just to play football, then yes, yeah, it's gonna be hard to stay in shape. But for me, it's a it's a way of life. It's a part of my you know part of my everyday routine. So I'm always in shape, regardless if I'm. You know, in training camp, mini camp, OTAs, or whatever. Okay, so th- then the question becomes, though, is it better for you? Will you get a better opportunity if you wait for somebody to have an injury, or you know, or do you want to like, hey, somebody really likes me, and they bring me in, and it's a role that I fit in better? Like, what's a what's a better possible solution to wait? Because somebody will inevitably go down, and right, like, yeah. look, you got two thousand yard seasons, really a third. <laughs> if you go back to twelve, you should have gotten a thousand that year. Like you have, yeah. you have credit hours. You've been in a bunch of different systems. You're a versatile player. Everybody knows what you can do. Are you better yeah. off waiting for somebody to go down or to go to somebody's camp? Well, I think that's a great question. You know, because it's very. Uh, you can make an argument for both ways. Last year, um, Buffalo re- really wanted me. They pursued me. You know, all off season, um, through OTAs and mini camp, and I didn't want to make a decision. I wanted to wait. And as we got closer to training camp uh, buffalo was still you know recruiting me very heavily so i ended up choosing buffalo and then three weeks into the season our office coordinator got fired you know head coach got fired and you know as everybody knows everything else went so you know a lot of the stuff went out the door you know in the first couple weeks so you know that was a situation that i thought was going to work out well and it didn't work out well for me um so on you know, we'll see what happens this year uh, or, or, you know, this time around. Uh, this is only my second time, you know, around going through this. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm just going to be patient. You know, I'm just going to allow it to happen organically, and, and I'm not going to force it. You know, if it's the right fit uh, and I feel like there's an opportunity there, then I'm going to go. You know, if, if I feel like there's no opportunities out there for me that I like and, and it's not worth the risk, then, you know, then I'll hang it up. But, okay, but, but uh, if, right, if, if that happens. If that happened, like you're 32 years old, you won a Heisman yeah. Trophy, you won a Super Bowl. If if that happened, are you at peace with it? 100. percent I'm at peace with it. You know, I've I've uh, I've been blessed to be able to play this game for a long time. You know, and, and going into 
uh, playing 11 years in NFLs is, you know, it's a long time for a running back. And, and, uh, you know, I think that I still have a lot left to give, but, uh, if the right opportunity is not out there for me and it's a better opportunity for me, uh, in the business world, uh, then, then I'll do that. Uh, and then I'll make the best decision for me and my family. You know, it's, at, at this point, it's not, it's not just about me anymore. I have a family that I have to, have to obviously be very conscious of and, and uh, just making sure that, you know, there's the right opportunity for everybody. I'll talk to my wife about it, and then, and then we'll, we'll make the best decision. Is there – do you ever get the sense that you were born too soon? And and by that I mean, like – Too soon? Yeah, and here's uh, here's why, okay? You were incredibly versatile, right? Like you could play uh-huh. – you could play running back. You could you could play in the slot. You know, you could – frankly, could have been a wide yeah. receiver. Uh, they could have moved – used yeah. you all over. But early right. on – and granted – you had your best success probably being used all over in New Orleans it was like yeah. it was a really good yeah. fit, but yeah. there are more teams that play that way and that use players who are versatile now than right. ten years ago when you when you first came right. to the league. That's right. why I say like ever get the sense like man, if I had just come in the league in 2015 instead of 2006, I would have <laughs> way more options than I had now. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You got to just you know. I think that's a great argument that you make. But then on the flip side, on the business side of it, before the CBA, um, you know, the rookies were, you know, when you come to the league, they were getting a big contract. So, and then when you look at, and you factor in the injury rate, you know, uh, it makes it very tough, you know. And now a lot of the pressure is put more on the rookies in the first, you know, two, three, four-year guys to really perform at a high level without injury, which is nearly impossible. And then you playing, and now you're playing, you know, trying to get that big contract as opposed to when I came out, you know, we got the, you know, the big contract right away. Now, obviously, it's not all about money, but there's so many different ways you can look at it, you know. And and I I, I came in at a time where, <clears throat> you know, I thought uh, going to New Orleans was a great situation, was a perfect situation. At the time when I got drafted, I didn't think so. I was scared to death, but when I got there and then everything now looking, you know, in hindsight, looking back on what we were able to accomplish, um, you know, I think I came in at the perfect time. Reggie Bush joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports radio. Are you cool? Like I introduced you as Heisman trophy winner. Cause you, I, I watched it. I was <laughs> yeah. there. You were the best player in college football. You won the yeah. award. Are you okay with me still saying you're a Heisman trophy winner? Of course I am. <laughs> okay. So now you got to answer the question. Why'd you give the thing back? Like, dude, come on, man. Why'd you give that thing back? <laughs> um, you know what? It was that was a time where I felt like it was rising to do. No way! We lost you. We lost your phone right when you were answering the question. I wanted to ask you. Uh, Reggie, you there? Oh man, are you? That just happened. Uh, Reggie, you there? Yeah, can, can you hear me? Yeah, you were kind of cutting it out. You said, okay, oh, "I'll tell." Oh, we'll kind of walk. See if you can get in a real good sell spot because I really want. I want to. I want to hear your answer. So. You you said at the time you thought it was the right thing to do. Go on. I swear, like Reggie doesn't mean he's not hanging up on me. That I, that I think of, that I'm aware of. Oh, I'm like crestfallen by this. Crestfallen by it. He said he was. There was. There was. It was. Did you guys feel like there was a butt coming? Did anybody else feel like there was at the time? I, it was the best thing. I thought it was the best thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And I was like, but I wanted to say like, but I should have given that back, and I want it back now. And I'm like, yeah, of course you should get it back. OJ Simpson still has his Heisman Trophy. 
Well, he wasn't. He was academically eligible at the time. It's just not. It was like, come on, stop. We that, was, that was brutal. That was brutal. I got to give this thing a plug because he did call in on time here. Reggie Bush is having a charity weekend. It's a, uh, a four-day event with youth football camp, VIP fundraising dinner, a VIP celebrity pool party, a celebrity golf tournament, and a FIFA gaming tournament. Proceeds from the events will benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Center and the Birthday pro- Party uh, Project. The 2017 Reggie Bush Charity Weekend takes place July 13th through 16th, 2017 in San Diego, California. By the way, I just here's one of the one of the things. I always like I'm much more drawn to guys that I feel like are into things where I could hang out with them. Like Reggie Bush and I are not boys, we're not friends, but the idea that he has a youth football camp, my son would love to go to that. VIP fundraising dinner. All right, that's where the money's made, right? Celebrity pool party. Like, come on, man. I'd be the. Are they going to have a cannonball contest? Because if so, I'm in. Celebrity golf tournament in. FIFA gaming tournament in. Now, FIFA is not my best game. Uh, in order, double dribble. I'm incredible double dribble, old school. And uh, I'm really good at Madden. I'm, I'm, in, I'm pretty incredible at Madden. I've been playing it for like 20 years. Smoke my eight-year-old son in Madden. Did he not call back? Did he not? He wasn't mad. We just lost his cell phone? Unfortunately, the agreement was he would be calling our phone number here. The phone line dropped, and uh, we haven't heard back from Reggie. Oh, That one hit hard. Yeah. That one hit hard. We that were right one... where we wanted to be. Yeah, that was – we were on the cusp of something great right We were there. good. That was like – that was viral. That was what we were looking for. We were getting the Heisman Trophy. He never talks about it. And he was, like, kind of comfortable. He, he, felt, he felt good. He was uh, – someone – Someone from the NCAA, I think, just cut the cord. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Now Reggie Bush is no longer made, made phone calls. He's on he's on two year <laughs> phone call probation for something that his stepdad for his stepdad not paying the bill once. Oh man, that sucks. That sucks. All right, we'll catch your breath, and uh, we'll get you what's trending. Let's find out what's trending. It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. All right, do you guys know what a mensch is? You guys know that Yiddish term mensch? Oh, okay, well, that's good. I'll, I'll teach you a little bit, okay? Um, mensch is a person of integrity or honor. I do, when your phone line drops... And you've already done a couple of minutes and, and you start to get to, to to different questions or whatever. Like when you pick up the phone and call back, that's a mensch. That's like that's solid, solid stuff. Uh, Reggie Bush is a mensch. His uh, 2017 Reggie Bush Charity Weekend is a four-day event. It's got youth football, which is awesome. Uh, youth football camp, VIP fundraising dinner, celebrity pool party. No word on this sheet if there's a celebrity pool party uh, cannonball contest because I'd be totally in for that. And uh, celebrity golf tournament and a FIFA gaming tournament. It's a good thing there's no double dribble or uh, Madden because I would dominate those. I'm not as good in FIFA. Reggie Bush is good at FIFA, and he was kind enough to call us back. FIFA, your game of choice? Uh, yeah, yeah. FIFA is my game of choice. Yeah. Who do you play as? Uh, I play with Bayern Munich, or I'll play with Man U. Yeah, see, one of the things that I think people don't know about athletes is like there is a lot of downtime. Like when you train, you train hard. But there's a lot of downtime. And so there's a lot of athletes that are really, really good at ping pong. 
Uh, some guys are some guys yeah. are pool guys, and some guys are yeah. video game guys. You're a video yeah. game guy, right? Yeah, it's funny you say the ping pong thing because that's like one of the most play. I mean, every team I've been on, there's like ping pong. It gets serious, like to the point of where, like you know, it's it's it's, it's just really intense. <laughs> and no. I've never I never experienced it until I got to the league. Uh, you know, in college it wasn't like that, but once I got into the league, man, ping pong it was just like it was almost like people. We're spending just as much time playing sports as, or football as we were playing ping pong. Well, you're you're you're, you're a competition junkie. Uh, anybody, yeah. Anybody you know have their own paddle? Like bring their own. Like, oh, you want to play? Hold up a second, I gotta go to my locker. And they go and they whip out their own paddle. <laughs> That's just about every every team I've been on. So, and then I got to the point to where I started really competing, and and I got my own paddles too. I have to. Um, <laughs> do they have like? Say, they, <laughs> do they have like your autograph on it? They have like Reggie Bush special <laughs> made Heisman no. Trophy. No, no. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's just one of the you know I don't even I forget the name of the brand, but um, yeah, it, it's it's one of the, like top of the line titles. Uh, Kettner makes the best pool ping pong tables. I know I'm a big ping pong guy. Um, okay, so let me get back to the question that <clears throat> that, that yep. we're, we're discussing. All right, so yeah. I, I asked you about returning the Heisman Trophy, and yeah. you said at the time you thought it was a good idea. Yeah, at the time, at the time, um, you know, I, I felt like it was the right thing to do, um, and I felt like. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the it, it, the trophy doesn't define who I am. Uh, it's about the journey. It's about the, the, the brothers, uh, the people who I play with at the college level, uh, the guys who are still some of my best friends to this day, uh, some of the guys, you know, who who helped me get to that to that level of being able to accomplish that. Um, and, and I played on the, uh, on the, in an era with, with some great athletes, some great college players, and then what we were able to do over the course of that time period, to me, uh, that's what I, I remember. The, the journey, it's about the journey. It's not so much about you know, the end result. So uh, for me, you know, giving back the Heisman Trophy, um, you know, it was, uh, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and um, you know, that was that. Okay, but do you, do you feel any, do you harbor any regrets? Like if you could, if you could do it all over, <clears throat> would you do it all over? I, you know what, I, I don't. I don't have regrets. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. Uh, I truly, truly believe that, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason and we go through life, we go through experiences um, and they, and those experiences shape us, right. And they shape us to either, you know, to, to, to be better, hopefully to be better, not worse. Uh, but, you know, there's a learning uh, experience in everything. And I think everything that happened at the college level for me, uh, you know, was a learning experience. And, and I, I appreciate it because it helped shape me and, and it helped me to go through things later in life, um, you know, that um, really, you know, allowed me to just, you know, be tougher mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, all those different things. I think people forget how good you guys were. You know, like you were, yeah. it wasn't like everybody remembers Vince Young's touchdown run, but you were fourth, yeah. and, fourth yeah. and one and you know, Lane didn't have you on the field and they, you gave it to yeah. Lendale White. But like if you convert that fourth and one, you win back to back to back national champions. Right. You go down as without yeah. any question, the greatest team of all time. Isn't it crazy? It's yeah. funny. We're, we're getting ready to watch LeBron and like, it, like yeah. you know, if if Kyrie misses a shot last year, well, LeBron's a bum. Right. He makes a shot right. now. LeBron's mentioned with Jordan. Like you've yeah. been a, you've been a yeah. part of this. What's it like to be on the other side? Like literally fourth and one, you convert that, and USC yeah. during your era is the greatest football team ever. And now yeah. it was a great era. It was a great run, but now it's Alabama right. this and Alabama that. What's it like to be a part right. of that? It's amazing, you know, and and that's why I said, man, it's, it's really about the journey. It's not it's not about the end results. I mean, yeah, it's great to win, you know, the trophies, uh, but 
everything that happened in between there, you know, whether it was from the, from the, the daily practices, the, uh, the guys hanging out outside of football, um, the, the memories that we made on the football field and then at, at, in the classrooms and then in the weight rooms. And, and, and again, like I say, you know, those, those are some of the, the most fun times I've ever had in my life, you know, being on that team at, at USC and, and being around the fans and, and being able to play, um, you know, in Los Angeles and all the different things that came along with it. Uh, for me, those are some of the best experiences of my life and some that I'll never forget. And, and to be a part of something like that, um, it's, it's priceless because uh, it's, you, can't, you, can't, you can't buy it. Uh, you know, it, it, it took hard-earned dedication, blood, sweat, and tears, everything that we were able to accomplish you know, at that level. And, 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 um, and then we were able to create this brotherhood of, of guys who, to this day, I will still I will go out and die for any one of those guys uh, if, if they were in trouble or if they, if they needed me. You know, you, had, you were so unbelievably elusive when you were at SC, and obviously during your NFL career. Uh, and you have you mentioned we we mentioned you have this charity weekend where you have a youth football camp. Yeah. Like, how much of the how much of the vision, how much of the cutting, how much of that can be taught, and how much of it's God given? Um, you know, there's obviously there's a certain level that's God given, uh, but you know, I truly believe I play with a lot of great players at the high school level, at the little league level, at the college level, and and um, you know the difference I think, and for what I've seen, is just the amount of work ethic and dedication that you put into it. You know, you're only going to get what you put in. You reap what you sow, right? So, you know, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And you know, you're not just going to, you know, football is a hard sport. You know, you you're not going to just accidentally, you know, play football and and you know score eight touchdowns or ten touchdowns or whatever it is. And 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 your first couple games, you know, it, it takes a lot of hard work, dedication, and and it's crazy because the generations are changing quickly. I mean, every five to 10 years, like the, the, the generation, the, the athletes is, is just improving. They're bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago going to a, um, one of my coach's son's little league games or it was a practice. Sorry. I went and spoke to the team and they were, I think they were about like six or seven years old. Uh, the team was, and they were already watching film. They were studying film. Uh, they had like workout sessions and I remember when I was in Little League, we were just out there having fun. You know, and now, you know, these kids are bred, you know, differently at a, at a very young age. So it's kind of crazy just to see the evolution of the athlete. All right, Sam Darnold, the, the hype is ramping up for Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. And they're talking about number one pick in the trap. And, like, he only yeah. – he didn't start – I'm all, on the bandwagon. I, I Look, I am too, plus I'm an Orange, <laughs> I'm an Orange County guy. Like, I, yeah. I, I love everything about the Sam Darnold story. Okay, but you've lived through – the most hyped USC era of all yeah. time. If yeah. and I'm sure at some point, you know, they'll ask you to to say something to these guys. But if you could give yeah. those guys some advice on how to handle it, how to yeah. how to how to just be, enjoy it and how how to be like you've lived it. How do you do it? What would you say to Sam or to his teammates? I would say to um, dedicate yourself day in and day out to your craft. And dedicate yourself day in and day out uh, to your teammates, and on and off the field protect each other. Uh, because at the end of the day, those are your brothers, um, and those are, those relationships that you build now in college are some of the relationships that are going to last for a lifetime. So I would say to them, keep your circle small, protect each other, and dedicate yourselves to each other and to yourselves every day. But how um, how do you not give in to the hype? Like how do you not 
Like, dude, it's every. I mean, it's yeah. everywhere in L.A. and it's going to be everywhere right. nationally as soon, especially after that Penn State game. Like, how yeah. do you how do you not feed it? You know, buy into that. Well, it takes a collective effort, uh, right? Like, it is. It, it takes um, you know eleven guys to score a touchdown, uh, but it only takes one guy to mess it up. So, with that mentality, it's going to take your whole. It's going to take a team effort to collectively understand. Yes, it's okay to be excited about the season. Yes, it's okay to you're gonna you're gonna read the newspaper articles. You're gonna hear the stuff on ESPN or or, or Fox or all these different uh, news stations. But um, you know, don't don't allow yourself to get consumed in it. Right? Like we always have the saying. Every team I've been on, and, and it's just a thing. It's part of sports culture. Is don't eat the cheese. Right? Like don't buy into the hype. It's okay to read it and get excited. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to go out there and earn your respect every day. Um, and, and it's going to take that mindset to be able to accomplish uh, what you want to at the, you know, uh, to win a national championship. Hey, man, uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing you on an NFL field sometime this year. In the meantime, you go to ReggieBushWeekend.com. Yep. This is very, yes, di- this is yep. very different than Gronk's boat trip now. This is not Gronk's boat trip. <laughs> Reggie's got a yeah, great Reggie's a dad. Reggie's playing golf. <laughs> Like it's, right. it's a little bit more tame, uh, and and like, look, if there's a cannonball contest, me, and my eight year old son will come down and and dominate. Yes, yeah, for sure. The cannonball contest, we we'll invite you out. We'll probably get Gronk out there too to come out there and do some crazy stuff. Thanks for joining us, Reggie, and really appreciate All you coming right. back. Thanks, buddy. All right, All that's right. Re- Reggie Bush joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Huh? Huh? Elizabeth Nobregertz, Jack Nicholas. On uh, had his thoughts on Tiger's DUI. We'll share those with you upcoming next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, so I, we, we, we taught our new intern, Gus, on his first day. A great lesson, right? The greatest I, – I, I was so excited to have Reggie Bush not just on, but then once he got talking and then I, we lost him, I was, I was like, man, that sucked. We were really getting somewhere in the interview. Then he called back, and it was, it was great. And here's my sense of that interview. Like, if I was in a car and I pulled into my house, like I wanted to hear what he was going to say next, didn't you? And so the, the Radio 101 is this. The greatest compliment you can ever give somebody who's hosting a radio show is – I heard you say this, or I heard you on this interview or that, and I couldn't get out of my car. And then uh, Ryan Music asked me this question, and uh, last uh, Monday, was it yesterday? Yesterday I hosted Speak for Yourself, and then we did our show a little bit later instead of Steve Gorman, who was off. And I did Speak for Yourself on Friday as well, and he said, well, what do you like better? He direct messaged me. Sorry if I'm letting your direct message. You slid into my DMs over the weekend. All up in your DMs. All of my DMs. On a holiday weekend. On a holiday Doug. weekend. So what do you like better, radio or TV? And I like, and I, I believe my response was, why do I have to choose, right? Like, That's correct. We, we work, I work for a multi-platform company. Anyway, um, I do. I really enjoy TV. There's a, a power to television to seeing somebody say the exact same thing on radio. But you don't get that on TV. In, in TV, you don't get, what is it, 13 minutes or whatever of, of overall time. You don't get a line drops and guy calls back, and you go to a break, and he comes back, and there's Reggie Bush again. And you don't get that as depth of questions. Anyway, if you missed it, download the podcast. 
Let's see how many we can get through. Let's run through the press. The press. Dan Beyer, what do you got for me, Dan? We'll make it quick. Uh, The police report from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office says that the vehicle driven by Tiger Woods early Monday actually had some damage to it, Doug. Uh, Fresh damage on the side and rear bumper along with two flat tires. Some of the rims were damaged. Breathalyzer tests, as we found out today, came back clean for alcohol, but Tiger says that he had a reaction of the side effects from prescription drugs. Jack Nicholas spoke about Tiger today. Every time Tiger did something, my name was mentioned right beside it. It kept me relevant. Uh, it was as good for me as it was for him. Do I, anybody want to see their records be broken? Of course not. But do I want to see somebody not have the ability for, because of physical problems not to be able to compete to have that chance? Yeah, I don't like that at all. That was Jack from earlier today. Yeah, look, um, obviously he was hopped up on some pills, which are really dangerous. Uh, and, you know, either he was in the... Uh, what was the old derbies they used to have where the cars would ram into each other? What was those called? Demolition derby. Demolition derby. He was in the demolition derby. Or he was, he was, he was several sheets to the wind. Uh, we have this weird way of looking at prescription pills. Like, oh, it wasn't drinking. It's okay. Like, no, no, those things are really, really strong. If you take them and then you drive, especially if you take too many of them. So let's hope he doesn't have a problem. Let's hope this was just a one-off. But my guess is that there's something problematic about it if he was that gone while taking him. Bryce Harper was in the news yesterday, of course, and he is again today the Nationals outfielder, the overall leading vote-getter for the NL and balloting for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in July. Cubs would have the most starters from one team if voting ended today with three, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Jason Hayward. Uh, look, I think this actually helps Colin Coward's argument about John Wall not being close to the most popular player in D.C. Harper is not only popular, he's having a great great year i hate all these cub the cub fans stuffing the ballot boxes like addison uh russell starting at shortstop last year was a complete and total joke Corey sager is the best shortstop in the national league stop with the vote for people who deserve it and quickly Derek carr told reporters today if he doesn't get a long-term deal by training camp he'll turn off his phone and not answer it if he gets a call on a new contract stop it stop it that's the, the that's not believable and that's the press that was the press. Uh, I'm not going to answer. Wait, you're going to offer Reggie McKenzie? You're going to offer me a hundred million dollars? Okay, I'm going to answer. Like it's just like that's the I'm never going to fly United again because they carted somebody else off. Wait, I could say save fifty bucks by flying United. I'm in. I'm in. Right. We'll one day closer to the NBA Finals. We'll continue to break it down and see if anybody else punches each other. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.